All right, welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. We're here at Rutgers today, Bobby Duran, Brian Fonseca of Scarlet Nation. We're here to talk hoops, we're here to talk football, we're here to talk a little bit of everything Rutgers sports. Um, so, Brian, let's jump right into it. Uh, we were at basketball practice today, got to watch the whole practice. Uh, a lot of excitement around this team, um, you know, some good, uh, some positives for this season. Uh, what what kind of caught your eye, you know, about the day uh, on the court? I think... Uh in talking to the guys during media day, the the biggest takeaway is that this team is is really close, and they feel uh, their chemistry is the best it's been since Pygel arrived three years ago. I think Pygel feels that way too. These are all his guys, except for uh, Shaq Dorson. All of them were recruited by him, and it's starting to really feel like uh, this is Pygel's program. Not that it wasn't before, but now that he has his, his core guys in, and everything is really under his watch, it feels like everything's starting to come together. Um, I don't think that'll directly result in you know some magical season where they make a run to the NCAA tournament but I do think that the building blocks are there and that Pico continues to build this foundation and making this program his own. Yeah, and, you know, he's really putting his stamp on it. And, uh, you know, I got a chance to talk to Steve for a little bit today. And, you know, he, he really likes these guys. Uh, he said they're coachable. They're good kids. Um, you know, and, and it seems to make his job a little um, easier uh, and more enjoyable. Um, but, it, it, like you said, it speaks to the team chemistry. You know, he has a, a good core group of kids. Um, for me on the day, Jacob Young was the guy that really caught my eye. Did a little bit of everything. Um, just has a speed, quickness, has some, some get-up, um, can shoot the ball can go to the hole. I, I think you know Rutgers fans are in for a real treat next year when he's finally eligible. Uh, gives them some good looks in practice, but um, when he gets on the court, it's hard to imagine him not being part of the starting lineup, Brian. Yeah, and I think that the biggest contribution he'll give this year, like you said, he won't play, but he gives Geo a great challenge in having to guard him and, and face him every day. He'll be a great scout guy, and he really embraced that role, like he told me. Uh, we have a story up on Scarlet Nation today uh, where he, he accepted that, and he's looking at it as a year of growth for him personally, and he's, he's looking to do whatever he can to help the team. And I think that all the guards, uh, you know, Geo, Montez, uh, Caleb, all the guys that face him in practice are really going to get a boost uh, out of him. Uh, in practice today, I think that just the, the pace at which they play catches my eye. I think they're all starting to get into rhythm with the season coming along. There were some guys sucking wind, as you and I have both noticed, but I think that as the practices go along, they'll get in more shape and, and you know fill out to, to be in, in form for the season. And I think it's important to note those guys that you mentioned were, were freshmen. Uh, you know, you yeah. saw Ron Harper, you know, <laughs> struggling to catch up a couple times, but, um, you know, Steve Peichel really likes him as well. He's going to play some minutes this year, um, see if he can contribute. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it should be an exciting year, but, you know, after watching Jacob Young, like I said, and, and Paul Mulcahy coming in next year, um, that backcourt's going to really be stacked. Uh, watching those two operate, you also have uh, Geo as well. Uh, um, you know, and uh, Peter Kiss, who, who was also a nice addition. So I, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have a nice backcourt. Uh, there's gonna be some depth. It's not gonna be like it was last year, where where uh, Pykele didn't get a chance to take out Corey Sanders, and he had the uh, the other guard in there, Suf Mensa, yep. <laughs> who's not with the team anymore. Yep. Um, but um, you know, there's there's a lot more depth. There, there's a lot more guys you can turn to uh, with some offensive firepower and, and a lot of things. And and you know, Miles Johnson looked like he was in really good shape. Uh, Shaq Carter looked like he was moving around well. He's going to be a force down low. Shaq Dorson was healthier than we've probably ever seen him before. And um, you know, uh, I know you, you're a big Isa Cham guy. Uh, you, you like what you saw 
potential out of him too, Brian. I'm a big fan of Issa Chom, and I think that this may be the year that he finally puts it all together, and and he has that confidence to to play up to his ability. I think anyone that's watched him in the last couple of years has seen a glimpse of that potential. Um, he, obviously, he's the sharpshooter that he can nail 15 in a row in practice, but he's never been able to you know produce that during a game. I think uh, this is he, he's as confident as I've ever seen him. In talking to him, uh, his English is better. Th- light years better than it's been the last couple of years so it feels like he's just becoming more comfortable in the program playing basketball being around the guys uh he he was another person that told me this team feels like a family to him so i feel like as those off the court stuff gets better on the court he'll be better something that pichel mentioned on his radio show and again i believe he mentioned this either last media availability or uh, today's media day there's more playmakers on the team. There's more guys who can make a pass, who could find the open man, and who could put the pass in the shooter's pocket and give Chom and the other guys on the perimeter a better start to their to their motion. I do think Chom has to work a little bit on his form. It feels like he always starts a shot a little too low, and that gives the defender more time to you know, catch up and, and block him out. But I, again, from what I've seen in practice, I have been continually impressed with Issa Chom. I just have to see him do it in a game to, um, you know, to really see that it's it's real progress to your point that you were making before about 2019 i think before we get into 2018 i just want to have a little random bit about 2019 i think that that's really the first year that things will be all put together with pikel's guys in there it'll be a team completely made of pikel's recruits Uh, he'll have his foundation made he'll have three years under his belt of building the program and as you said that backcourt depth is going to be crazy he's going to have geo baker montez mathis caleb mcconnell uh peter kiss uh Paul Mulcahy, he's going to have so many options to go to. He can go with two guards, three guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the front court's going to be dynamic with Miles Johnson, Shaq Carter. Uh, a lot of his guys, Geo Baker's going to be a junior. Eugene's going to be a senior. Eugene's another guy we haven't even talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pykel said he was probably the most improved guy in the offseason, so that's going to be something to watch, his improvement. Um, so, yes, I do think that 2019 is the year. Uh, Bobby, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was just going to say, to speak to your point with Eugene, I, I mentioned to Brian during the practice that, that he's physically uh, more imposing than I've seen him in the last couple of years. So um, that should probably help, you know, banging down there with the bigs. Um, but just, just to speak on that point, he, he definitely looked like he uh, spent some time in the weight room. For sure. He looks bigger. He looks uh, more explosive. He's, uh, his post moves seem to have improved. Uh, that was something that he got better at last year. And it seems like he's getting more creative down in the post. Um, I think that uh, Michael saying that he's the most improved player again just proves that you know, his work ethic is there and his will and desire to get better is there. And it's important to remember he's a kid that didn't start playing basketball until 10th grade, and he really has a lot of margin to improve. So it, naturally he is a guy that has a, more more room to improve than, and he will make those strides. So it's going to be interesting to see what, how, how big of a jump he makes because the jump he made between his freshman year and sophomore year was mm-hmm. gigantic. So, And, and you know, uh, even talking to, to Coach Peichel, you know, um, after the after he you know had his uh, media address, he he told me that um, you know some of these guys played in their first year and they really weren't ready to play. So uh, you know you're going to see a different Geo Baker this year. And same thing to speak on your point to uh, to Omarui. Um, he's 
going to be in his third year. The first year, he wasn't really ready to play. Then he kind of got his feet wet. Now, it may be his time to really go in and start taking things over. Um, you know, in the, in the paint, you know, rebounding, does what he does. Not saying he's going to, you know, control the game with 30-point outings, but, you know, do what he does well. And um, I love his toughness. You know, he's just a tough player. He's gritty. And you need that. You know, uh, you, you just you just need that down low. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be an exciting year. They're not going to, you know, like you said, it's not going to be an NCAA tourney run, but I think you're going to see a team that's tough, that plays uh, relentless defense, that's gritty, that's, that's a team that can really get you, you know, excited and, and, and the way they play, you know, they leave everything on the floor. Um, so uh, I, I think it's going to be an exciting season. And, um, and any final thoughts on hoops, Brian? I don't think uh, the I, – my, my expectation for this season is that they will have a worse record than last year, but they'll look better on the court than last year also. I think you'll see games where they play a lot better than expected. I think they can have a surprise win or two in them. And I also think that, like last year, they may have a down game or two where you, you look at the schedule at the end of the year and you say, how do they lose that game? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of potential there. I think it'll be an exciting year to continue to see how far this program can grow under Peichel. The new wrinkles with a bunch of new guys that he has. He mentioned that this is probably the longest team he has in terms of the length of the guys. So just to see the different things that he can do and experiment with his guys. And I, like I said, I think this will be another building block to next season where it'll be Peichel's first real shot at making a postseason tournament, whether it's making the NCAA tournament, which is always the goal, or even reaching the NIT, which I think will be the, the biggest step forward yet. But of course, again, not to look too far into next season, I'll say that the ceiling for this season is anywhere between 12 to 14 wins, uh, just because I don't think fans should be expecting, as much as we are, you know, putting high hopes on this team, mm-hmm. and we there are a lot of exciting things about this team, I do think that there should be a foot on the, ga- on the on the brick, excuse me, and really just expect no more than 12 to 14 wins. Well, and I think the excitement stems from so many years of the Eddie Jordan, Eddie Jordan and sure. Fred Hill eras where, um, you know, <laughs> it wasn't watchable basketball by the end of the season. Sure. So, um, you know, that being said, we're going to switch gears a little bit and, and go to football. Um, a little bit different, uh, uh, you know, narrative there. But, um, you know, we're able to watch the first half of practice at football today as well. Um, you know, going into the final four games, Wisconsin coming up. Brian, I know Wisconsin lost last week. They lost to Northwestern by two touchdowns. Yep. They, this is a Northwestern team that, that nearly got knocked off by Rutgers. But the line opens up with a 30-point spread in favor of Wisconsin. Uh, Rutgers is coming off the bye week. Wisconsin might be a little down this year. There's questions about their quarterback. You know, Jonathan Taylor had some issues running the ball last week. Uh, is this a chance that Rutgers can, can grab a one and, and, and steal a win? If you're an overwhelming optimist, I do think there are places, things you could grasp at, the straws you can grasp at to look at a possible upset. Like you mentioned, Jonathan Taylor had probably his worst game of the season. Two fumbles, ran for 46 yards. Uh, they're not. They don't have their starting quarterback. They're going with backup Jake Cohen, who was a guy that uh, Kyle Flood recruited uh, infamously. Who Kyle? Who? Uh, I don't. I don't know. He, I don't know where that name came from. Flood. Talk. I heard of that guy. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. All good. All good. <laughs> um, and I think uh, if pe- fans want to do the uh, transition, uh, what's the what's the name of that law? The uh, transitive property. Uh, Rutgers only loses by three to Northwestern. Northwestern blows out Wisconsin by two touchdowns. You can. I guess make an argument there that Rutgers is not that far away, but one thing to know about Northwestern is it's a team that plays up to the level of its competition, beat Rutgers by three, lost to Akron at home, but also was up 17-0 against Michigan at the half, and uh, uh, upset Michigan State, upset Wisconsin, so I think that's a little slippery slope to go down. If 
Rutgers, also, one thing to know about Wisconsin, they're missing two starters on the line. Their starting left tackle is out, and their starting nose tackle is out. So it's going to be a bit of an easier path in that sense for Rutgers. But Rutgers would have to play a perfect game, a turnover-free game, force North uh, Wisconsin rather into a very messy game. And I think literally everything would have to go right for Rutgers for there to be an okay. upset. And it, transitive property, that's a new one. That taught me something. I, I learned something. You ever look at the schedule and you go, this team beat that team, so maybe this team uh, could beat that team. I always go by the, the, the mantra that you're you're not as good as your best game and you're not as bad as your worst game. So on a week-to-week basis... Um, you know, anything can happen in college football. But, uh, you know, when I look at this game, I look at what Wisconsin does well. They they run the football well. They push people around in the trenches. Rutgers struggles on a defensive line. Um, it's just that matchup. I mean, I don't know if there's any way to scheme around their big guys pushing your big guys around and then getting a good running back. Jonathan Taylor, I know, was committed to Rutgers before, uh, decommitted, jumped over to Wisconsin, and I think it's a perfect situation for his style of running. I mean, and he's proven it with his production. I know he had a, a rough outing last week, but still a very good back and really fits in that system, and I think he's going to give Rutgers fits. And the fact that he's from New Jersey and the fact that, that you know, he committed here, he, he's going to really want to shine, and especially coming off a, a bad game. You know, he's probably just itching to get back out there and um i I don't think there's going to be anything fancy i think it's going to be smash mouth football and and the bigger stronger guys are going to win and and unfortunately for Rutgers fans those bigger stronger guys are on the opposing team um i just i I don't see any situation where Rutgers can come out of there with a win like you said everything would have to go right and i know upsets do happen but you know maybe wisconsin played their bad game last week and and these guys are going to be hungry uh it it just seems like it didn't fall right for Rutgers you know maybe if, if if they played that game against Rutgers this week you know it it would be a different story but um, I I think you're just looking for progress you're looking for production out of your offense growth out of Sikowski um, you know some maturing out of your receivers getting some space making some catches Um, your O-line maybe protecting a little better and and if if you can keep the game you know competitive and, and not you know make the uh, odds makers uh, correct and and lose by 30 or more um, you know then I think it'll be a productive outing but it's a lot to ask this team uh, the way it is now to go into Madison and and when it's a tough place to play uh, you're you're going very far away from home you're going up against a team that's a bad matchup and and I I just think you want to see some progress so I mean what areas are you looking for specifically that that maybe will improve or should improve or or is there any particular area that that you're going to be keeping your eye on sure before I get into that I do want to add a stat to back up your uh, point about their offensive line being massive Mm -hmm. of their five starters four of them is at least six foot six and at least 310 pounds. Rutgers has one starter, one player on the offensive line that matches that, and that's Tariq Cole, mm-hmm. a guy who's been banged up all season and has not played up to the level that he has been uh, from last year. And another Rutgers commit to note is he was committed much less time than uh, Jonathan Taylor. Rashad Wild Goose, I think I had said his name right yeah. there. Rashad Wild Goose, the DB from Florida, I think he was committed to Rutgers for. A week, maybe a month. Yeah, he was he was there for a little bit. His his recruitment kind of blew up after he committed to Rutgers. Only yeah. one offer committed, and then all of a sudden the big offers started coming. And then he committed uh, to uh, Georgia, and then Georgia didn't didn't want him, and and then Wisconsin jumped in. So uh, Rutgers was in the game early, and that's a, you know people talk about Chris Ash not bringing in the talent. He identifies the talent. Yeah. Um, in in Wild Goose's case, he. Um, 
he wasn't able to keep him. Um, although he probably would have been the, one of the best names we had yeah. on the team that in a while. That is a tremendous you know, name for sure. If writing and saying Wild Goose, it's not, <laughs> it's not common. Not for sure. But, um, but all right, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, he made his debut, I believe, against Northwestern. Uh, that was the only stats I was able to find. So maybe he'll play again against Rutgers. We'll see. So you might see the Wild Goose. We might see a Wild Goose. Wild Goose. <laughs> um, to your question, areas of improvement, I think you just want to see Sikowski build on his game against uh, Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been his better perform- one of his better performances, um, but he's had a tendency of having a good performance, then uh, wasting that progress with a bad performance, and then the next week having a good performance. It's important to see progress in the sense of consistency mm-hmm. from him. Uh, like you mentioned, the offensive line, protect better. They've had a really, really rough season, and it's just been good to see one outing where they can hold their own for the most part, protect Zikowski, give him some time in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see more out of Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. That was obviously the big storyline. Uh, second half against Northwestern, after he has a decent first half, he has, I believe it was one carry, mm-hmm. just to see him play a little bit more. Um, wide receivers getting more involved and dropping less balls, even if they don't have a massive day, just dropping, not dropping balls and being able to uh, move the ball. Defensively, keeping Northwestern from getting 300 yards rushing, I think that sounds like a crazy number, but... uh, Northwestern, Wisconsin. uh, Wisconsin, yes, my my, my mistake. Uh, Wisconsin, keeping them below 300 yards rushing, Uh uh, containing Jonathan Taylor. And I think, well, I don't think these teams really look at the spread, care about the spread. Covering this game, I mean, you can't can't lose by 30.5 points to... To Wisconsin, half you can't lose by half. You can't thirty-one points. Thirty-one. Keep it under thirty. A thirty-point loss. I mean, these last four games is an absolutely brutal stretch, and I think Rutgers has to keep them competitive. I think if Rutgers can keep this game competitive, enter the second half with a glimpse of hope, even that would be, I think, a big step. Yeah, and you know, I you kind of summed it up, and and what you mentioned, I I think Pacheco needs to be fed the ball uh, a lot more. He's your future at running back. The kid is explosive. The kid's dynamic. Give him the football. Um, you know, if you're worried about his pass blocking, you know, put put somebody else in on the passing plays. You know, or and the kid's strong. The kid's big. I you know he can he can hold his own there. I mean, he's, it's not like he's a small guy. So um, I, I think they should just feed him all day long and and run with it because he is your future and he is your most explosive uh, offensive player alongside uh, Raheem Blackshear. So um, we'll see if they give it to him more, but um, there you have it. We're talking Rutgers hoops and uh, football, and it continues on the roundtable, on the message board, on uh, Scarlet Nation on 24-7. For Brian Fonseca, I'm Bobby Duran, and we'll see you next time on the Scarlet Nation podcast.